Welcome to Small Business Marketing, Then, and Now. A conversation with small business owners on how they marketed the launch of their business, the evolution since then and how they have pivoted during this COVID-19 period. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Welcome back to Small Business Marketing Then and Now. I'm Howard Walpoff, your host. Again, this is brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. And our conversation today is about education. Now, everyone is supposed to go to school. Everyone's supposed to learn in school. Everyone is supposed to grow from that learning and go off and eventually have a career. But not every educational experience is equal. Not every teacher that you are placed in a classroom with is equal. And that causes some challenges over the course of time if schools aren't being run the right way, if uh, teachers aren't teaching classes the right way. And uh, it really affects things. We all saw what happened during the period of COVID that school was shut down, everything went online. And some did it exceptionally well, and some did it exceptionally poorly. And then you actually had students who had issues where they didn't have Wi-Fi and had to figure out how to pull this off. And that affected the the grades and the and the learning of the students. They some numbers came out recently how math scores have really dropped significantly, all circled around the effects of COVID and education over the year and a half uh, from that that point on. But there are people who are out there trying to bring better answers and, and better solutions to teaching and education and serve as consultants in many different ways in the in the school systems, in the schools themselves, and even creating the buildings of the schools to make things a better learning environment. So I am very excited to have as my guest, Mateen Diop from uh, My All Things Educational. And I, uh, I welcome Mateen to our conversation today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me here. Howard. nice to meet you, sir. You have been involved in education throughout your career in many different ways. So why don't you give us a little bit of background of of that and share with us why you started uh, my all things educational? Yeah, man, it's uh, my my journey. I was I did a, a professional development a few weeks ago, and the teachers asked me in there, uh, "Why did you go into education?" And I always tell them, "I, I think education chose me." I didn't think I think that's how it would work for me because I was fortunate. I grew up in the inner city of San Antonio, Texas, seven eight two one zero Barra County. And I grew up on the one of the poorer sides of town in San Antonio. But for whatever reason, as I was growing up, I always had this this pulling on me to, to kind of come back. And so uh, after going to college, several colleges and and, and, and kind of navigating those difficult waters and, and eventually joining the military, it was while I was stationed in England that I um, realized that I wanted to be a teacher. And things moved around in my favor and I was able to finish my college degree, get certified. And I went back to the neighborhood that I grew up in and became a teacher. So I was able to teach and I was leading uh, schools. I was leading departments. I eventually went and uh, ended up in the superintendent's office. I became the deputy chief technology officer uh, for the school district. So I had this robust experience in education. I, I realized that something is missing. There's something that I'm not we're not doing as well as we should do. There was always, I never could put my finger on it. 
And and my last role as an educator was was that of a high school principal. And that's when everything came to fruition for me. I said, oh, okay, because in a a public school system, high school is where the rubber meets the road. Everything you do leads to high school and leading the high school effort. I was able to see, okay, if we could do this better, that better, this better, that better, then our students will probably have more positive outcomes. And that led me to start my All Things Educational, the consulting firm that, that, that I started a few years ago. And it really is growing, Howard. It's more than just, we talked about it. It's, it's more than educational construction. It's more than educational consulting. It's digital marketing. It's social marketing. It really is a whole a whole, uh, a whole school approach, if you would, to what I want to do in education. So uh, the last 20 some odd years, I've been able to do it all in education. And I just think I bring a, a unique experience and a unique uh, solution to, to the problems that I believe we are facing education. Well, yes, the education system is somewhat broken in this country, and there are places where it's being done exceptionally well. So, and that's the problem. It is there's not the balance of everyone is not getting the same education, and then that's led to different political pieces with vouchers and, and charter schools and trying to get people out of the public schools into private right. schools, but the backbone of this country is the public school system. So we really need to figure out how to make it work better and more efficiently for our students because we are falling behind. And more importantly, they're falling behind and it will cause challenges for them as they're trying to go to college and and start their careers if there's certain pieces of education that aren't there and they're not being taught to learn the right way. Absolutely. And you just said that so so well because... Uh, always being an inner city educator, but also doing all the other things I mentioned. There's things as simple as windows in a building. I mean, I've been in schools on the on the wealthier side of town where they have windows everywhere. Sun, bright sun comes in, and you go into the other side of town, and there are no windows. It's made to look like a prison. Uh, I mean, little things like that that you really don't, and the students don't know. They just they go to the school in the neighborhood. And so I believe that we can we have the capacity to actually fix our neighbor. I call them the neighborhood schools. When I say neighborhood, I'm talking about the hood, the inner city where I grew up. Those are the schools that need to be fixed because the, the kids that are growing up in wealthier families, no matter the color of your skin, if you grow up in a wealthier family, your experiences are going to be different because you're going to have different resources available to you because of your parents. But I always say, well, as educators, I mean, I don't know anybody who who has more money than a school district. So why can't we give our kids in the inner city the same opportunities or the same resources that other kids have? Let's just make that that playing field even. Everybody won't take advantage of it. But I'm always I'm a fundamental believer that if we if we give it to them, if we if we uh, provide it for them, they will come. That's just how I think about everything. And I agree with that. If if parents know there's a really strong school and really strong teachers and administrators in that school, they're not going to listen to excuses from their kids that they don't want to be there and they're, and they're uh, it, it's not working. They, there are people there and in every school, there's people there to make it, figure out how to make it work. It's just sometimes you need to better understand the system to do that. And that becomes a challenge to the parents. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, I I want to talk more about your business, but let me ask this question because because I want to see what your, your thoughts are in this. What do you think is the biggest challenge right now with the schools? The biggest challenge I, I see in, in is at least in your in our neighborhood schools are 
I don't want to sugarcoat. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, it's just power of belief or anything like that. It, it really is the expectation. Let me put it like that. The expectation that the adults have, because believe it or not, how it is not a child issue in the schools. It's an adult issue because the expectations for the adults, for our kids are so low that our kids have really nothing to aspire to. I've been in schools where we gave the, we gave kids resources to everything they could possibly want, colleges, scholarships, everything they could possibly want. But when you talk to the adults in the building, the adults in the building don't believe the kids in the building are capable of doing or of going to high, or Harvard or USC or any of these Ivy League or, or what we call tier one colleges. Our adults don't believe that our kids can do that. So they dumb down the education in the classroom. I've walked in classrooms where I'm sitting there doing a, a walkthrough when I'm falling asleep. I'm the principal of the building. I'm sitting, I can't even keep up because the, the, the instruction is so low. And so the kids are falling asleep. So the expectations are real low. Our kids today, they, they're, they're fast learners. They're picking up stuff fast, but our education system is moving really slow. So I think that's the biggest thing is just the expectations that we have of our, of our, of our kids is really low. In, in, in neighborhood schools. And that really can be a problem because they they see it, they feel it, they understand it. And that's, you, you've set the bar low and now, okay, let me just get to the bar and that's all I care about and, and move right. on. That's right. But, and that's good that you're really out there with, we're trying to address some of these issues. Mm -hmm. So you made the decision, you went and started this, uh, this, this, this business for yourself. What, did you first do to let people know that you were available to be hired, to be, to be helpful, to, to, to help address some of their needs? The first thing I did was, you know, I went to the state offices and I, I, I started a real business. I went to the state of Texas and, and uh, went to the website and, and started an LLC. Uh, so my all things education is an LLC. So that's the very first thing I did. All that paperwork, the background stuff, got all of that done. Then I designed a, a, a small website at that, at that point. And, uh, and a lot of it was word of mouth. Uh, social media is absolutely huge. And so I, I that was the third thing I did was establish a social media presence. So again, I said, I have drmateendiop.com, myallthingseducational.com. And, and when I'm pushing my all things educational, it, social media for me is huge. I don't have a, an advertising budget, so to speak. Uh, so I do everything. So the way I'm getting out there and letting folks know who I am is I, I'm constantly on social media. I'm posting about my book or I'm posting inspirational quotes or I'm posting uh, anything where I can add my voice to the space uh, and let folks know that, that I'm open for business. That's what I, I do. Uh, whether it's you know going to going to conferences, I do all of that to let everybody know that and, and that this is what I'm doing. So it's been OK, you know, a little bit. I mean, I, of course, have room to grow, but I've gotten a couple of uh, hits. I've gotten a couple of contracts that uh, that have pretty much kept me afloat. So I'm excited about it. That's and that's what I do. Social media is huge for me right now. You mentioned contracts and we had a conversation before that there are places where you can find that there are opportunities as opposed to a a business that's going out there and selling themselves. There are places where like municipalities and, and cities, states put out lists of requests for people to address certain needs. You found this being helpful for you to generate revenues? Um, 
it, it hasn't helped me and I'm a part of that. We have the certification agencies here in Texas, North Texas, South Texas. We have those certification agencies because I'm a I'm a black owned business, uh, also a veteran owned business. So I have a lot of those going in my favor. But being a member of those or those certification certifying organizations, I get all the I get all the emails and RFP requests and all that stuff. But as I fill those out, a lot of times I'm wondering, like, man, I need somebody to help me fill out this RFP because they're asking for information. I'm a fairly educated guy, but I'm like, I don't, even, I don't understand what they want here. So I have to go to a class or some, 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 some sort of training to see what these RFPs are asking for. And then also when I was in education, I sat on the, the, the RFP committee and I see how biased it is to see who's going to get certain contracts. I'm like, so now that I'm on the other side, I understand, I know the conversations they're having. It can get it can get very uh, political, very personal. So I try to take that thinking out of it. But yeah, I'm I'm a part of all those certificate certifying agencies, and I have the Hub Zone certification and all that stuff. And I've not gotten one contract out of any of them. Every, every contract I've received has been per people that I knew in education that I picked up the phone and called and said, "Let me come in and do this or that." So, what? do you see as the biggest challenge in marketing a business like yours? For me, I think the biggest challenge is getting, getting people to take me kind of serious because they know me as being always in this lane. This, this is Dr. Diop. He's, he's in this lane and now coming out of that lane and getting, getting folks to, to really take me as a businessman that's been the that's been the biggest challenge because they'll always say great and pat you on the back and great job and it's going to be great but then i see the company that you bring in to do exactly what i do i see the company that you bring in and i wonder like well why didn't you ask me to do it because my, i'm not known yet so i have to get my name out there and get that first big contract so i can put that on my website and say i'm doing work for uh, I did a training for um, the federal reserve in atlanta uh recently it was on zoom but i and that was all done through a word of mouth, people that I know and that kind of thing. So the biggest thing is just getting my name out there, getting folks to to see my product and see my website and see what I can do and getting in front of the people that make those decisions. Now, you wrote a book about some of your experiences and why don't we share a little bit about that and, and how has that benefited you marketing wise for the, the broader um, focus of, of what your business is now? Yeah, man, that book is called The Making of a Madman, how a former inner city principal was shaped to serve through motivation, adversity and determination. I began writing his story years ago, sitting in a myriad of principals meetings, listening to information that I could not use at all. But I'm forced to sit in these all day meetings and I would just write and write about, I remember this happened. I remember that happened. I would just write and write and write. And one day the book uh, idea came to mind. And so this is actually my second book. The first one was called Inner City Public Schools Still Work, but I kind of tied those two stories in together. So the making of a madman was just discuss my journey from for whatever reason. I can remember when I turned nine years old as a little boy, I, for whatever reason, that day is so clear in my mind. That's where the book started. And so I went all the way up to my last year in education and, and how that came to be, because quite honestly, Howard, I, I wanted to start a, a business, but I wasn't necessarily ready to 
you know, jump out here and, and just go. I was kind of forced to go out here because during COVID and and the whole the everything that was going on in the country, the racial things that were going on in the country, my school was caught up in the middle of it. And so uh, my superintendent at the time, he just didn't want me at that particular school. He was going to move me to another school and I didn't want to go to another school. So for me, I was kind of pushed out there. So I said, well, I remember it's, it's now or never for me. And so that's what I was able to do. And I had enough years to retire and all that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go because I'm not going to another school. And that's so I was kind of pushed out there. And so I wrote all about that in the book. And that book opens doors. It's my product. It represents me when I'm not there. And that book has gone all over the world, man. It's 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 a trip when I see people posting pictures of my book in Barbados, you know, people that I don't even know, but the book is in Barbados. And then I get in, I'm going to Barbados in March. I get invited to come out and speak. And I don't have to pay for it. I mean, I get paid to go. I mean, that is about the coolest thing to take my little book and it costs 15, 20 dollars. And I give that book to someone and they give me 20 dollars. That is the most fulfilling feeling that I've ever had. They're like, wow, you want to read my story? And then they say, can you sign it? Like, mom, this is just me, Mateen, the little boy from the hood, from the east side, used to run around and chase girls and do everything that everybody, This you want You want my autograph? Yeah, we want you to sign. It's just, it's humbling to me to know that, and I've probably sold maybe 3,000 books at, at this point, but, you know, I, I want to become a bestseller, but that's that's been the most fun, uh, is writing that book. And then I recorded an audio book as well. And then I have a Kindle version. I mean, it's just taking a life of its own. And that's what drmateendiop.com is all about is my book and that story and and how I can and motivate you to live your best life and that kind of thing. Well, you definitely have a passion for education and making a difference in what you can within the uh, the, the school systems. And you, you have a, a real broad knowledge uh, of to bring to these conversations so that the, some, Better decisions can be made, be- better processes can be put in for students so that they're, they're learning better. Right. So I, it definitely makes sense that you, you're creating your energies in this fashion. And I definitely understand going back to what you're saying about COVID, that it really did push people in different ways to start on something new, whether their choice or not, uh, to, uh, to to really create something to do that. Part of it being their legacy, part of it being the, the real means to bring food uh, on the table and, and to get their life into the uh, the earning levels that they, they've always wanted them to be. Absolutely. And COVID allowed, I heard I heard a speaker during COVID and it was one of the things she said, real funny lady. She said, you know, now you can blame COVID for everything. I gained weight, blame COVID. Lost weight, blame COVID. Got divorced, blame COVID. Blame COVID. COVID will take it. I'll take it. Blame me for everything. I lost my job, got a new job, blame COVID, blame COVID. So I looked at that as an opportunity. Okay, I can, I can blame COVID for everything. COVID will say, I'll take it. And you can go do what you want to do. So that's how I looked at it. That's how I still look at it. So uh, unfortunately, all the lives that we lost, of course, uh, is not a good thing. But the opportunities that COVID brought, I believe for me, nothing but positive, man. Yeah, it it really does make a big, uh, it made a big difference in people's lives uh, for good, for bad, and some for for sad. Yeah. And, uh, but for those that it gave the, the push that they needed, it really is, it, it's, it's something that'll be uh, a, a, a marking point in the calendar as people look at the, with the evolution of their business. Yes, sir. So if people want to learn more about you and what you're doing and how best to hire you to help their schools 
and uh, and and to learn more about you, what's the best place for people to get that information? The best place to find me is at my website, uh, drmatinediop.com, D-R-M-A-T-E-E-N-D-I-O-P.com. There, all my contact information is there. I'm also on social media, at Dr. Mateen Diop on LinkedIn. Um, on I'm not much of a Twitter user, but I'm on, I'm on, the, on there some. Uh, but Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time, and my handle is at Dr. Mateen Diop. So you can go to the website. My phone number is there, mailing address, email. Everything you need to know is right there. You can also get my book on Amazon. Uh, just go on Amazon, search, type my name. You can get it in there. You can get, you can find it there. If you go to my website, I'll give you a free copy of the audio book. Uh, just type your information. I can send you a code, and you can have it for free. Excellent. Well, Mateen, thank you so much for joining us, for everything that you're sharing and everything you're doing within the educational community to help make things better. Thank you, Howard. Appreciate appreciate the conversation, brother. And thank you all for joining us as well. Uh, education is so important, whatever age you are. I, I always say that you're never too old to learn, and I really want to be a sponge and soak up as much information from people as possible. And there are challenges in the school systems. Um, I've dealt with something right now where I moved my daughter from one school to another because the school, we changed schools to put her into a specific school for her her learning needs. They told us that they'd be able to provide everything that uh, we needed. And then come the second year, they slowed down the process and they, they really weren't making the efforts that they made in, in year one. And, and uh, we saw a change in the school overall. So we change schools and things are are all for the better because of it. But you need to be on uh, on the watch as a parent. You can't just assume that the education system is is working. And you hope there are people like Mateen that are out there to fix some of the problems that are happening in the schools that that uh, they, they have access to to help those students and make sure that they are getting the type of education they need to not just start uh, a go through the school system, but go to college and start a career. And if they want to be business owner, so be it. We have become a business owner. Right. But uh, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I want you to go out, have a great rest of today, and we'll see you next time. This has been Small Business Marketing, then and now. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Marketing strategy for the small business owner. To learn more, click findnewrevenue.com.